Good morning, everyone. This is Father Nate, missionary priest in Italy, and thanks for joining us today, December 1st, on No Greater Delight, our podcast on Marian feasts and Marian meditations. Well, today we have a great number of feasts that we're celebrating. The first, Father Orsini points out, is Our Lady of Ratisbon in Bavaria, Germany, and then also Notre Dame de Puy-les-Dom in France. What exactly this feast refers to is, is unclear. There is a, a, the veneration of Notre-Dame-du-Port in Pieu de la Dôme, Auvergne, France. There's also sometimes called uh, the Cathedral of Notre-Dame-de-Pieu, uh, which is one of the oldest Marian sanctuaries in Europe. People have been coming there since the 5th century. It seems that there is an image that's been venerated from that time, more or less, a, a black Madonna. What it is exactly, we don't know the whole story. It seems that the image that is venerated now in the church is a copy made in 1734 from an, a statue of from the 1200s, which itself is said to be a copy of an even earlier image that could date maybe back to the 500s when the shrine originally started. The reason why there's a shrine there in the first place is that it was built at the request of the Virgin Mary. She appeared to a sick woman who was ill with a fever, and the woman had laid down to pray for recovery on a particular stone, which they now call the fever stone. And so, what happened? Well, according to one tradition, St. Vossi, aided by an architect, St. Scruter, both also a saint and also a bishop, built a sanctuary, and it, was, it housed this special stone on which the woman laid down, right? And the, temp- the church itself was built on the ruins of a former pagan temple, right? It also says that this has been a center of pilgrimage, this site, long before the time of Charlemagne, right? It said because um, as early as the 6th century, pilgrimages from Le Puy to Santiago de Compostela were already beginning, right? It became one of the starting points for one of the four main pilgrimage routes. So it's a very important site. And we can also cite, too, a, a particular miracle, for instance, one that's fairly well documented, is in 1614, that it was very, very cold. It was a very bitter winter, starting from Martinmas, November 11th, all the way to Easter. Even by May, there were no buds or grass. And of course, in 1614, that means there's going to be a famine. So what did they do? Well, local civic leaders and the priests conferred, and they said that they would bring out Our Lady of the Port in procession, like the image. So it was a four-hour procession on the day of the Ascension, May 15th. And the next day, the very next day, the weather grew milder. And the following days, it was very beautiful. The harvests were excellent then summer, and even more abundant the following year. And so, for that reason, uh, the bishop ordered an inquiry, you know, to make note of everything, and then he declared that the feast of Notre-Dame-de-Port would take place on May 15th in the parish and be observed as a day of rest. Well, we jump over from Europe over to the Philippines, where in Cainta, Philippines, they celebrate Our Lady of of Light, right? So the Jesuits began the construction of this original church in Cainta in 1707. The church, which was placed under the patronage of St. Andrew the Apostle, was completed in 1716. Now, why is there a devotion then in this church of St. Andrew to Our Lady of the Light, also known as Madre Santissima de Lumen, Nuestra Señora de la Luz, Virginin Kaliwanganga, and Maria Inain Kaliwanganga, well, because the Jesuits brought a painting in 1727 from Sicily, right? And the painting was a very beautiful rendition of an Italian visionary's account of the Blessed Mother's apparition, 
right? So Mary was depicted as mother, protector, and queen. So what happened? Well, unfortunately, the parish was like in the height of the Filipino-American War. The church and the image was destroyed. That's March 1899. Nothing was done for 70 years, it just kind of remained in ruins. But in the mid-60s, 1960s that is, the Archbishop Cardinal of Manila asked uh, the director of the National Museum of the Philippines whether they could rebuild the church on its original site. And so they did. They started working in 1965. An earthquake in 66 kind of stopped the work, but then they redesigned it to be more earthquake-proof. And finally, the church was completed on February 28th of 1968. So, what do you do? Because the image was destroyed. Well, they asked the Filipino national artist Fernando Amorsolo to paint an image of Our Lady of Light using a a prayer card. And so, he, you know, kind of uh, made his little image, right? And he added a sort of local touch by giving Filipino features to the faces in the painting, right? So, Our Lady of Light is venerated as the patroness of reconciliation and those seeking conversion, And interestingly enough, her feast is celebrated on December 1st, one day after the feast of St. Andrew the Apostle. This image was canonically crowned in 1218, or 2018, sorry, 2018, 1218 is uh, even before the image was painted, in 2018, which makes it exactly the 38th canonically crowned Marian image in the Philippines, and the fourth in the Diocese of Antipolo alone. Last, we're going to jump back over to Europe, and we have Maria Santissima de la Paz, in uh, Torre Don Gimeno, Jaén, Andalusia, Spain. It's also a fairly recent devotion. In 1987, the sculptor Juan Ventura carved a cedarwood statue of St. Mary of Peace, Mari Santissima de la Paz, for the confraternity of the Most Holy Risen Christ. Right? In, on December 1st, uh, 2007, the image was installed in the Paris church. Uh, Juan Ventura is, is one of these... Uh, men from Seville who makes religious images, right? And so the Confraternity celebrates the Feast of St. Mary of Peace in the parish church on January 24th. However, this is the day that it was installed in the parish. 